show for you. I've got two guests on this evening. Now, the first guest is a close friend of ours, a friend of my father's, known him since I was, I think, born. The wonderful Dick Lasucci. Now, Dick Lasucci was one of the writers of great shows like SCTV, Mad TV. He even wrote for The Muppet Show. He's won two Emmys, three Emmys, I think. I'll ask him later. I can't quite get remember there. Two Emmys. And wanted to have him on the show from the very, very beginning, but he was like, no, 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 I won't do it. So, my second guest helped me wrangle Dick in. The wonderful Will Sasso, who worked with Dick on Mad TV. Now, before I bring both of them on stage, I want to show a clip of uh, SCTV, and then we'll get the show rolling. The crowd is literally buzzing with excitement as Mr. Rogers, representing Bill Buckley's team, enters the ring. Oh, look out there, Fred. <laughs> the slender chap's not used to this sort of fare. Tonight, he prepares to face the heavily favored Julia Child, the French chef, if Thank you will. More Thank about you. that Thank later. You. But first, let's take a look at both fighters in their respective corners as they prepare Hello. for the upcoming bout. Yes, There's Child. Cool and collected, obviously in shape and ready for this fight. But what about Rogers? Experts of question, myself included, his ability to participate in so physical a sport, some going so far as to cast aspersions on his manhood itself, and of course, the confident Julia Child. And there's the bell starting round one. But there, he rocked! Julia Child with a devastating left, and the French chef is visibly shaken. Not unlike George Steinberg, after his humiliating defeat to Tommy Lasorda's Dodgers. But more Three Musketeers. And then Will, you said... I retorted with the Canadian uh, choice, Coffee Crisp. Coffee Crisp, which is my all-time favorite, which is delicious. So, um, help yourself to some Three Musketeers on your way out, but um, and then you can help yourself if you'd like some now. Oh, well... Uh, <laughs> you wait, are you sure? Are you sure? Okay, good. Now, that was the Battle of the PBS that Stars. That was the Battle of the PBS Stars. <laughs> that was one of Martin Short's first... Uh, Roles on SCTV. Was it really? Yeah, it was like a second day there when he played Mr. Rogers. There used to be a show back in the day on the networks called The Battle of the Network Stars where they'd get all the network stars of their primetime shows and do these sporting events that they shoot out at Pepperdine University. So I thought one night, we were, I was just thinking of ideas and thought, well, it would be funny if the PBS stars did the same thing and got all there. So Dave, Dave played Carl Sagan, and Joe played William F. Buckley. And it, it was all sporting events. Uh, I think Catherine was Joan Sutherland, the opera singer, pole vaulting. <laughs> so it was that. And that was the boxing match between Julia Child and Fred Rogers. At the end of that, right. 
Mr. Rogers wins by taking King Friday the puppet and slamming over the head <laughs> and knocking Julia Child out. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm telling you. I'm just here to, to help out. And Why sure are you? I, well, if I may, you know what? Look, this is, pro, this is a, a family, friends, and industry crowd. Yes. So I'll just say that I was here two weeks ago uh, watching you interview Eugene Levy, and Dick was here. I haven't seen Dick in some time. We worked together on Living Mad Color, TV. Mad TV. And, um, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forget from time to time. And uh, so Jen was asking, Dick, you got to do the show, you got to do the show. And then, in your own words, kind of, you know, you no, can paraphrase, no, but you were like, I'm not going to do the show. Yeah. So I said, I will be here just to, you know, just to, just to shove the stories out. As an actual So bodyguard. don't mind me, as you can tell, I'm sort of half on the axe <laughs> off the couch. So it's room? literally in. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not only interrupting, you've talked the whole time. All right. Okay. That's the last word. Watch me, Ed McMahon, this. No, no, you've got to. Don't be silent. I'm not going to be too silent. All these sketches that I actually picked and the photos that I picked, I asked both Will and Dick to kind of collaborate their their favorite sketches and without them knowing which ones they actually picked almost the identical sketches the SCTV sketches yeah the yeah. SCTV sketches so a lot of them that you'll see this evening are both your favorites wow interesting I have in Dick's email back when we were on the show Joe all right, I'm at. No, no, stay. No, 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 I'm at. I can't. Don't leave. And I understand what you're saying before. I don't. Doesn't mean. Okay. All right, I'm gonna hang. Don't. Up. Right, that I'm keep you up. from doing other jokes just because. <laughs> you're okay, Dick. How did you find yourself writing at SCTV? Uh, I was writing. My writing partner, my ex-writing partner, Paul Flaherty, okay. Joe's brother, and I were writing, and SCTV had shut down. They had done, without. I'm not gonna make this long. They had done two half-hour seasons in Canada, which was syndicated down here. And then I guess the ratings weren't very good or they were losing stations, so they took a year off. And uh, after a year, they were getting ready to start back up again and looking for writers, which they normally didn't do. And Paul and I had written a a movie script that we had given to Harold Ramis to read. And Harold liked it and and sent it over to Dave Thomas because Dave and Joe were kind of heading up this revival of... SCTV for another season, and uh, so they hired us. They, they, Dave read the script and liked it, and uh, thought they'd hire us. And Paul and I really hadn't had any uh, paying writing jobs yet, but um, that was our first real. That was your first real writing job. Right. So we, so we, I came in the last season. We did thirty minutes, and it was the same season. Rick Moranis joined the cast. And uh, that was the, the season that we Because it went to. SCTV, then it went SCTV Network, and then SCTV NBC, 9. well, it was all, NBC bought the show after the third half-hour season. They bought it. And then it, right. it had different names. But it was, it was a 90 minute. It went from a 30-minute to a 90-minute. Right. So. And what was the transition for you um, from being writer to actually becoming head writer? Well, I wasn't really, but that's oh, nice of you. Did they? You know what it was? Well, you know IMTV it, lies. No, no, no. It was, we, were, we were installed as head writer for about two weeks. Okay. So I was going to say... We always called it a name only. We were a name only. Because they, they needed somebody. The cast wanted somebody kind of just to filter all the material through. And all. Are you okay? Yes. Oh, head writer. Oh. Right? I told you. You're doing really good, by the way. Thank you. Um, so we worked for a couple of weeks. You know, the thing, the, the thing about that show, 
in its collaboration that it was, you know, I always compare it to Monty Python, really, because they were six or seven actors that really kind of ran it themselves. Right. And, and it was all kind of filtered through them. And they were, they were writer and actors, and some of them wrote alone and some with the help of other writers. But it was really like that. So we were just helping them out, but it was, it was really a collaborative effort in, in that sense. Was it true that my dad actually wrote on cocktail napkins most of his sketches? Well, some of them. Some of them, if he wrote sketches. He did, you know, we, John was so funny. We did a, we did a table read once, and there were a couple of weeks where John didn't have a lot of material. And um, I think Andrew Alexander, the owner of Second City, pulled him aside and said, you've got to start coming in and really spending time and getting in with the writers. Because John didn't write alone necessarily. He, he wanted to help with that. And the next day I walked in, and he had literally kidnapped every single writer in his office. <laughs> and they were, it was a small office, and they were all kind of crammed in and just writing furiously. And the next table read, there were 20, 25 pieces all with John. It was ridiculous. It was every one, one after another. It was all John's. And they were all short pieces like promos and commercial parodies. There was Finian's Rainbow Meat. Was oh, one. right. Which, yes. You remember how then the packaged meat, sometimes the oil's on it, you get a little rainbow. The rainbow. Right. Well, this is a company that guaranteed rainbows on every piece of meat. And John... John played a leprechaun. Every, everyone had an imposter. <laughs> he did fish flakes, which was a breakfast food made out of dried yep, fish dried and frosted fish flakes. fish flakes. And he played a trout. He was always at the end of each one. He had a costume. So that was the that was one of those after another. Oh my what do you God. think of that? I told you you didn't need me here. No, I was going to say though. Well, when. Uh, what was your first memory of SCTV? Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a great fan of, of, of the show and, of course, your father's. And, uh, yeah, I, I grew up watching it before I was conscious of it. My, my older brother and older sister used to, they ran the TV, right? So my brother used to keep me up pretty late at night watching and, and, and had told me years later that I was doing like a, you know, like doing a, you know, like a, doing a Johnny LaRue, yeah. you know, bit, like had picked up on it at a very young age, you know, a few years old and, uh, yeah, there was never a time where I wasn't conscious of it, and it wasn't the, the barometer, of course, for all things hilarious, filtered through my brother and, and my sister, and, and just that, that it's like, this is, the, this is the ultimate in comedy, and then, you know, to get, to get, to get a little older, because, of course, when you hit 11 or 12, we all know that that's when you really refine your sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> to know that it's like, oh, this is actually the funniest, the funniest stuff ever, and then, you know, and I'm, um, hold on a minute. Oh, I'm north of, no, north of 14 years old. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I, there was never a time where I, where I wasn't conscious of it and didn't love it. Well, there you go. I, what were you saying? Well, I was going to say, that was one of the, because it was so collaborative, one of the, when I came on to Mad TV. We don't want to talk no, about that. No, I'm just telling you this, I'm just tying it to it. Literally, I just heard a... <laughs> <laughs> Because you, brought up, you brought up Monty Python, which my mom actually introduced my dad to Monty Python. I don't think my dad had known about Monty about Python him. before, so it was actually my uh, mom who introduced my dad to Monty Python. And I grew up watching Monty Python, and then I grew up watching SCTV, yeah. and then I grew up watching SNL and Matt TV. So it's they're all it's there is a you know a through line with all of them and a similarity of sketch comedy. Well, I, if I may, you know, I will say that like showing up on the show uh, when I did and seeing, you know. Well, Mike Short was there, Martin Short's brother. Yeah, who wrote on SCTV. He wrote on SCTV, yeah. and, and, and it was, I mean, it was, 
pretty unbelievable. You know, in my time, I was like, oh. You know, you know exactly who it is. And then, of course, speaking of, you know, sketch shows and, and that sort of thing, Gary Campbell and Brian Hart were there from Kids in the Hall. And then with Dick there, it was, it was it's, you know, it was daunting. Because it's like everything that you pitch, you know, you would realize it would go through sort of a... It, but it was interesting. It was the 90s, and, and there, was, there was stuff where... I remember one time Adam Small pitched me a sketch. And anyway, to spray the details, hilarious stuff. Adam Small was one of the showrunners show before Dick... <clears throat> Pitched me a sketch, and he goes, well, I think you should do this. You should go up. And this is a really, this is a really good... Jen Aspinall is sitting in the audience who is our makeup artist. Hi, Jen. Is this a good impersonation of Adam Paul or what? Oh. So he said... <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So he goes, uh, here's the thing you should do, and he pitches it. And I go off to Mike, and I go, hey, let's do this thing. It was Mike that was like, oh, you got to slow it down. You know, you got to slow it down. you got to... My point is, you could feel, and, and you, could, you could see him writing it as an SCTV... Mm-hmm. Sketch, and uh, it wasn't until he touched it that you know it made sense and got on the uh, got on the air. Because I went off and you know shit on it before uh, Mike <laughs> helped it out. Well, there you go. Well, I was the, go ahead. No. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Uh, no. no, you no, can say whatever you want. I was going to say I could go show some photos okay. right now. Yes. Because great stories come from photos. Absolutely. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going <laughs> to. They do, I swear. Um, these are actually some of uh, our my personal photos that we have that my mom either took or I think a couple of them you sent. Um, so Dick, just kind of, when you see the photo, spew as much information as you can okay. about it, if, and it, if you can see it. Yeah, I can see it. I've also, and then we'll... <laughs> you sure that wasn't the Godfather show? Oh, this is the thing. I thought it was the Godfather, but... What? In the Godfather scene, which you will see momentarily, you don't have a mustache. Is that the scene in the boardroom? With no, it's no. The, oh. this is the this is where we. So you played two different characters in the Godfather. <clears throat> yes, it was played, a demand. There then. was a. T- <laughs> <laughs> Not only are you a writer, you're an extra multiple. Times. This was the the idea of the Godfather was there was uh, Cavalier Joe's character Guy Cavaliero. So there, boy, how many pictures do you have? I, I don't well, have those pictures. Well, I was I one of the heads pictures. of the network, so it was NBC, ABC. And we used all the Godfather names, like Victor Stracci was the head of the ABC, right. and, and we we just used the guy. And there was a network wars because we wouldn't go along with pay TV and all of that. So, and this photo oh, that is was our the, the cast versus crew softball game. Yes, and I, uh, in Edmonton. In Edmonton, that one right. was in Edmonton. The three Flaherty boys on the bottom, Joe in the middle, Paul, my writing partner, on the right, and Dave Flaherty on the left. Yep. I'm there in the Cubs uh, jersey. The Chicago jersey, and my dad's uh, Claire, who was an assistant to the director, the John, and then Barry Sen was one of the uh, was the network um, kind of person that NBC demanded we have. That That's at the Emmys. This is it? you guys at the Emmys. Yeah. Might be some goofy photos they, in here. Because <laughs> it looks like okay. There's another one. This is another goofy. But I actually am. That's Betty Tom. And That's on Betty. the bottom there, so it's Betty, you, and myself. Aww. Boy, I know. Oh, I am itty bitty. And this is a photo of you and Tino and Sana, who actually does the intro for our show. Tino um, is a Second City alum who uh, yes, yes. wrote with John a lot. Is and that you? That, that's me. Oh, look at how Jesus. Sorry, it's another dopey face. No, that's <laughs> fine. Okay, this is another photo. It's me in the lovely floral dress, Scooch and Flaherty. Uh, Anthony on the very end. That's my son, Anthony. Your Blasucci son, Anthony Blasucci, and Maria Blasucci, and who I'm also assuming he is holding her. I don't know who that other child is. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. It probably is her. That, that, that seems about right. Right? We, it must what be like dressed up for photo. Easter. And then there's this lovely wizard photo. <laughs> what is that from? I don't. 
Okay. Oh, that, well, that was from... Uh, no, that was Zantar. That was our wraparound about... Well, there's a Queen Hater. Okay, so now we're going to actually see a clip. This was... Haters. Can I, I set it up? I want you to set it up for me. This though. was uh, part of uh, Mel's Rock Pile, which was Eugene's character, Rock and Mel Slurrup, who hosted a, a daytime teen dance show. You know, SCTV was all local. It was a small-town television station, and so all the shows were kind of small-town. So his guests on this one were this British punk band called the Queen Hayes. And was it kind of roughly off of Sex Pistols or did it have guess, any correlation? You just kind of... It probably had a little correlation with Sex Pistols because I think Marty Short Marty Short's singing the lead. Okay, so and let, Paul Flaherty and I wrote the song. Okay, so you two wrote it. Who's in this is uh, Martin Short is playing is lead, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, my dad on drums, and Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty on guitar. The, and guitar. It's a very innocent teenage dance party yes, show. Yes, so let's go ahead and show You've got show a group for you. And they're coming up right now, and they invited everybody to follow the bouncing ball and sing along. Ladies and gentlemen, the Queen Haters. Possible clip, um, which is very different from you were actually in a band in high school, correct? Called the Ravens. R A V I N S will. Well, like the Beatles, B E A T L. Not the Beatles. The birds was B Y. The Ravens. The Ravens, which was more. Well, how would you describe that music? Contemporary punk. Easy listening. Go home, Google it, take a listen, you'll enjoy it. Oh, that's um, right, it's on... It's on, I found there's it a, on... There's sing, a single, we, made it, we did a single. My, I think my, my dad set up, he knew some guy at a recording studio and in you, Chicago. And it was your brother... My brother, Mike. And uh, John Belushi. John on drums. Who, and this was a high school band, yes. so you all went John to... John and I went to high school together. Wheaton, Illinois? Yeah. Wheaton, Illinois. Yeah, suburb of Chicago. Um, so, yeah, that's a fun little gem to find on, on uh, uh, Google, Amazon. And you know, when, uh, when Dan Aykroyd opened the, the uh, House of Blues right. out here... Uh, one of our friends from, who knew my brother, tried to get in for free and saw Dan and said, I'm a friend of Dick Basucci and, and the band they were in in Belushi. And he said, I'll let you in if you can, re- if you can tell me the name of the band that they're in. And he couldn't, and he kicked them out of there. Oh! <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't let him in. He, didn't he said, it's know. the Ravens. You look, and he got, oh, you know. dare you. Okay, um, let's go. We've got another, I think another photo, and then another. This is going to be from, this is me and Johnny LaRue on the set of Polynesian, Polynesian Town. Town. Now I want you to set up Polynesian Town. Oh, boy. Well, Polynesian <laughs> Town, I wrote that with John and uh, Joe Flaherty and Paul and myself wrote this. And this was the first original 90-minute show we did, so there was a lot of pressure to make it great. And this scene took so much heat from everybody over the years. But, but now, at the time, over the years, it's, it's turned out fine. But John wanted to do, it was like a Chinatown takeoff. And uh, John, Johnny LaRue owned a Polynesian, I know, 
uh, owned a Polynesian restaurant, right. and Joe played Vic Hedges, who was a character, but it was based on a guy whose real name was Vic Hedges, who I think Andrew Alexander knew. And we heard, heard that Vic Hedges had saved someone's life once. So we made Vic, every time Vic was in a scene, he saved somebody's life. He was just <laughs> throwing people out of the way of oncoming time. So in this one, he does too. He saves John's life in this. But and then it, the, it the premise that he thinks that he hires uh, the musical guest, Dr. Dr. John. Doc, he hires, thinking guest. it was Dr. Don. Yes, he thought he was like getting Don, Don, Ho, Ho. Don Ho. but he actually got it was, Dr. John. And it was Dr. John. And Dr. John still talks about this scene. <laughs> still, he mentions it in articles. Now, uh, the clip that I, I have, the, the clip that I have actually is a clip with you. Oh, I was playing Chuck, the, yeah, uh, the, the, who worked at the... The piano. Yes. Yes. So yes. this is a small taste Why are you of... Because I want people to right. see the You're stuff here. that you wrote. Oh, you, this You're is here. what I'm here to help. And Gee, this is. is the process. You write Gee, stuff, you put yourself in it. Right. Okay. <laughs> this is interesting stuff. I'm a restaurant. name's Johnny LaRue. I'm a restaurateur. And I've opened restaurants all over this great world of ours. I opened a Polynesian restaurant once. After a bad experience, I swore I'd never go back. But here I am, back in Polynesian town. Nice song, Chuck. Thanks, Johnny. Nice hair. Get up with the hair. All right. Tessie little creep. <laughs> I watch this clip over and over and over again because I love how you're on the verge of laughing, but oh, not. I was always on the verge of laughing. I kind of make an appearance at the end too to kind of wrap up my character. Right, but I, I liked I liked this little bit, so I'm sorry I didn't no, show the end. Um, but you liked writing a lot of stuff for Johnny Larue. How did Johnny yes. Larue's character come about? Well, John was doing Johnny LaRue back in the old half hours right. before I joined, but we wrote uh, Johnny LaRue's uh, isolation tank, which was his version of those deprivation tanks where you sit in the, the water. And, and But in John's, you had a light switch, and when you turned it on, there was a bar, a TV set, <laughs> and that was the whole commercial, was just Johnny in there. And you the, did one, which is another one, which I don't have the clip for, but... Um, is uh, lunchtime street beef? Yes. Yeah, so well, street beef came about because of this one. Okay. In this one, at the end of Polynesian Town, we were writing just what we were experiencing backstage, basically. John got a John forced them to get a crane shot at the end, which crane shot would just you know camera going up, and the last final shot of John walking away from Polynesian Town, and it it was such a hassle trying to get it and Andrew said we can't do it, it costs too much money so in the second one we did the lunchtime street beef, Caballero sends him out with only one camera and one microphone right. because he spent too much money on the last one <laughs> and then I think in the second one, well you've got, do you have that one? I don't have Alright because at the last one it ends with a helicopter shot It, has, it was a with a helicopter, helicopter and Caballero and he's going, what? This, this looks like a helicopter John, shot, this can't be a helicopter right. shot but the whole premise of that sketch is He's, he's walking, looking for people to interview on the street, and there's no one on the street at lunchtime, no, so they're just, it's just an empty... And then they've got a barricade, and the cops are like, oh, I hear Johnny LaRue's going to be here shooting, and yeah. he's like... Oh. We kept that going the whole season, and it, it capped off in the Christmas show, and John, one of his best, best acting performances, when he's at... Caballero sent him out on Christmas Eve, and it literally was snow and below zero up in Edmonton, 
and he takes the camera and does the same thing when nobody's around. But it, it's just, I, it's hard to explain. But he just does a beautiful job acting it. And um, that so we we made that a runner kind of through the season based on this. Based off because we were taking it was just so much hassle all the backstage stuff going on because we'd never done a sketch that big before and it was expensive and it was our first NBC show so. Now, Will, have you gone and watched SCTV again and and tried to point out where Dick Lasucci is in every single Ooh. scene? It's not, yes. a, it's not yes. a drinking game. It can't be. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it, it is interesting to to yeah to, to we, spot Dick. You know, <laughs> right, because, you know. because you worked with them and then all of a sudden you go back, it's like re-seeing someone that you've Absolutely. never seen. You know, it's like oh yeah, wait, no, they were in this. It is weird, even seeing that clip there, which is like yeah, it's it's uh, you're timeless. <laughs> and and uh, no, uh, no, yeah, it is. Okay, wait, a it is wait a minute, no, wait, no, wait, no. Wait, no. Right. No, I didn't get a chance to say what. No, I'm really. I, I, no, I really do. I'm not even joking. I really want to facilitate this oh, you're conversation. Doing a great job. All right. <laughs> I don't want that sketch very well. I got plenty of nothing and nothing plenty for me. I got the sun in the morning and the moon at night. Remember when he's sitting in the. That's him in the street beef. Yeah. Yes. All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to mention about when I went to Matt TV, because when I went there, I, my thing about all sketch shows, you have to have the actors and writers together. That wasn't necessarily the case when I joined MAD because the, it seemed like the stage was kind of separate from the writers and the writers were giving the actors kind of what to do and what to say. So if I did anything, one little yeah. thing was to change that and encourage guys like Will and the cast to go up into the writer's room and come in with their idea. And because be more well, they, the, the cast has such great, I mean, in, especially in sketch comedy, there's so much that comes out of the cast and all those characters because they observe and, they, and you, you have to use yeah, them. Yeah, the, uh, the relationship between a writer and the actor is really important to right. have a good connection. And what, and what we got, uh, obviously, was better because you, you started writing, you started going in and writing Cheers. with the... No, it, it, was, it absolutely became essential and, and was one of the things that Dick brought in that was a lot of fun. And, and definitely the, the, the inside stuff that sort of happens only in the, in the writer's room, it, 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 uh, you know, that's the stuff that becomes the funniest. Yeah. And the stuff you want to translate and get onto the air, you know, and obviously, of course, with comedy, if you're having fun, hopefully the audience will be having fun. And the stuff that we were, I mean, when we would peel off in different little teams with writers, and that was some of my fondest memories so of working on the show. On it was what we did yeah, and, yeah, and then in, in learning that afterwards, it was like, oh, yeah, that's, and then hearing stuff like, well, even I, when I was here a couple of weeks ago watching, and, you know, Mr. Levy saying, well, in Edmonton, there's not a whole lot to do. Right. Right. So it's like you're you're almost. It makes. He said it makes the show better. Mm-hmm. It's always you're almost forced to sure. bond and, that, and hang out a little bit more than you would say. Yeah. Somewhere. And else. that the Schmengi brothers is born when him and your father are sitting there watching and seeing this thing on TV, and there's this polka show, and it's like, oh wait a minute, that's the kind of stuff that only happens when you take people that you enjoy working with and enjoy being around, shove them in a room, and and see what happens. That's the good stuff. Yeah. And Dick was absolutely almost. Too collaborative. Do you remember when there was a time where you wanted everybody in one room? Do you remember this? No. All right. Maybe that was... Uh... No. Seriously? You don't remember this? No. All right. I you don't remember this. <laughs> we were all in that big boardroom once oh, a week yes, for only two right. weeks. That, was for a couple <laughs> that lasted a couple weeks. That's right. That's Literally when, the entire... That's when Wayne Brady came in. Wayne Brady was pitching write. stuff. Was Wayne like, Brady called and said, I want to write for the show. That was during that time. I was there, yeah, yeah. You were in the room. I was in the room. I was in the room. And I said, are you sure you... Yeah. Wayne Brady wants to write for our show. And I said, Wayne Brady... It was unbelievable. And he stayed he for one day. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He, got, he had yeah. a look of fear on his face because oh. everyone was coming in and pitching. I'm sure he could have done it, but I didn't think. I don't think he realized the kind of work. But those were unintentionally some of the most fun pitch sessions because, <laughs> like any sketch show or any show, there's all sorts of relationships that you don't even know. These ones hate that one, and these yeah, two hate. Tough. So yeah, yeah, so there's all that stuff yeah. happening at the same time. Stuff, and yeah. sweet dicks like, let's get everybody in the same <laughs> room. Yeah. Right. Let's, uh, let's jam out some. No, it was important. That's like what I'm doing. Get everyone in the room. They hate that person. Oh, who cares? Oh, hey, I stopped doing that. We wouldn't have gotten Kenny Rogers. We wouldn't have gotten there. Kenny if we had Who wants to hear Will do Kenny Yeah, Rogers? all right. Hey, let's get this mic. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. No, you want me to actually... No, but I will say you you have... Uh, I did, speaking of encouraging me to you know come up with things... That's the Kenny you know, Rogers Jackass was yours. We, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, we did a sketch at Mad TV called Kenny Rogers Jackass, where I was doing a silly impersonation of Kenny Rogers, silly. which was not Kenny Rogers at all. If the Google it, it's hilarious. And then, uh, and Jackass had just started, and then you said, yeah, let's do it. And I remember I sort of uh, wrote it on yeah, a plane. Yeah, just like he does this, he falls like this, and thing. It was a half page sketch, but we shot it for you know a full day and it. It was really good. If you haven't seen it, Will's character's impersonations sometimes are a little over the top. Hey. I mean, in terms of what <laughs> no, fact, okay. one night I was watching TV at home, mm-hmm. and a Kenny Ro- and Maria was watching with me. I don't know if you remember, but it was real Kenny Rogers pitching an album that he had for sale. Right. And she had only seen your Kenny Rogers. Oh, no, that's hilarious. And he said, and he had this beautifully trimmed white beard, and he was saying, if you buy my... And she turned to me and said, that's Kenny Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) After watching you. But that was only me. I don't know. I got bored, I guess. Kenny Rogers just... Sounds like, the, hi, I'm Kenny Rogers. Like, sounds completely normal. Well, that, there's nothing to... So how did you do it? Just in the void. I was just like, I literally was... You know what it was? I'll tell you. Now, now we're, here we go. But, uh, so we did a couple sketches of Mad TV in, in my first season, and they were both Kenny Rogers sketches. And they were like, oh, that went well. Let's do that again. So in my second season, it was... Here's the thing, and this is... And I would love to hear more about this from you uh, with regard to SCTV and, and then running Mad TV. The The... The politicking you have to do as a writer and a showrunner is, yes. to me, very interesting. Yes. It is. It absolutely is. And I would love to hear more about that. Because here's two characters that the, the, the producers and the writing staff don't necessarily know what to do with. My Kenny Rogers impersonation and Aries Spears was doing James Brown, right? So it was like, well, I don't know. There's not a full sketch we can uh, dedicate to this or this. So they were shoved together in a cooking show, Kenny and James Thanksgiving, and Aries and I are looking at each other like, I don't know, what are you doing? You just messing around with this? And he's like, yeah, I guess. So we started going, hey, I'm, you know, he's like, yeah. It wasn't, it was sort of James, like too long, and I was like, ah, I'm kidding. Just like, weird. Like, this is going to be the, the, you know, the sketch with five minutes left in the show. They're not going to, so we just messed with it, and then I'm like, oh, that's fun. So then for the next five years, I just made him weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just to have fun, and that's... But how do you do that yeah. when it's like you've got to take... And I, w- I wonder if this would ever have happened at SCTV, where here's something that one of the performers wants yes. to do, or yeah. there's an M.O. from the network. It was... It was uh, well, no, it was no M.O. from the network. <laughs> You're in Edmonton. Marty's okay. Jackie Rogers Jr. character right. was one that the cast and writers hated. <laughs> I mean, that was hated. One of my favorite. Well, his, ours too. His we started it with. Hysterical. It gets weirder and weirder it, as it goes along. They hated it. They hated it, and it got. But but they never stopped it from going on. It got to the point where 
we they would say oh, it's a Jack, we have a Jackie Rogers scene to read around the read through and they say don't just go shoot it they, they did oh, wow. they just had us go shoot it so we don't have to hear it just you, we trust you just go shoot just, it. Just do it that's amazing and then Andrew would say you sure you want to do that Jackie it was fun they were great it was fun it was okay I've got another clip um, Godfather. Oh, good. Which was another one, the Pavarotti scene. This is, is this the one with Joe and, and uh, John? This is the... Yes. No, this is Johnny... That's the photo, but the clip that I have is uh, him singing. Oh, is, is okay, John was playing Johnny Pavarotti, and uh, he <laughs> yes. went to see the God, Guy Caballero, who was at home as the Godfather. They went to see him about uh, that Leonard Bernstein wouldn't let him do a war opera he was doing. Uh, so he came to Caballero... Daughter's Wedding. Played by Andrea Martin. Played by Andrea Martin. And uh, he sang. We had him uh, sing a, a... Hey, sing a little tune. A little tune. So let's uh, watch this clip. Behind Andrea Martin in that clip was was actually <coughs> that was that that holding that note is from a Warner Brothers cartoon that we all <laughs> it was, it was Oh wait, let's pause on this yeah. this clip. I always wanted to know, I love Scrooge, and every time I saw this movie as a kid, I always loved that you were in it. They cut out all my they cut out <laughs> all my lines. I always in was wondering movie. why you were silent the whole movie. They cut out our <laughs> we had a scene in the boardroom. I was one of the oh. network executives. <laughs> and by the way, in this So Dick is actually with the um the straight tie behind um Bill Murray on And you know what happened right is they went so overshoot they they were two weeks and I, I was working at Castle Rock and we were working on another show. And I said to... How did you get... Richard, uh, Bill called just, me. Okay, said, there you go. I, I told the people there that I have to leave. I, I had to leave to the next day. Mm-hmm. And he, they said, no, we're going to finish up. Don't worry. Well, they didn't finish up. And I was standing right next to Bill. And I said, I have to go. And they finally said, just leave. So if, in the wide, <laughs> in the wide shot, purposes. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I'm gone. Because it always shot. seemed so... It's like, I oh, you were stay. there, but it was so, no, I was so awkward that you were... <laughs> I could not stay an extra day. <laughs> I didn't have any lines. They cut my lines. Oh, come on. It's one of the most classic Christmas movies of all time. It's not always about you. <laughs> Let's lines. I think the next photo I have Brilliant. Ready? One more line. I'm sorry. I'm here to help. Jeez. Sorry, Jim. What is this? This is actually the sketch that I did when I came to Mad TV. When oh, that's right. You have it? I have it. Um, and this is just a video. Clip. I actually it? don't have the whole clip because it's really long and you just see half of my face the whole entire time and I sing in the beginning of my camp count 
not a camp counselor, camp kid. Camp kid. Wasn't Stephanie? Stephanie, Stephanie Weir, Weir. It was in it, um, which is actually who I'm hugging right now, making a, a weird face is, is Stephanie. But when I moved back from Chicago after working at Second City in the box office there, I remember sending out all my resume and headshot and everyone, everyone that I knew. You, you were like, oh, hey, let's get you on Mad TV. Yes, and I was like, oh, of course. that was fabulous. So I had so much fun doing this sketch. And I love this photo because she's smelling oh. my hair. <laughs> Is that, do we have a part of the scene or no? No, Just we don't have a part of the scene. Uh, but Mad TV it. is not available on DVD, it's, so it's now it never will be. It never will be, really? Yeah, no, I doubt it. That's okay. me, buried under uh, and Will, will as, as the cowardly, cowardly lion. lion. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's Brian Hart, the Brian writer Hart's of the aforementioned. Yeah. Now, what sketch was this on? Well, it was one of our. We did a couple of Wizard of Oz sketches. That yeah. Was, um, that was. I don't know if that was the first or second one. Was it which one? Jen Aspinall. Which one was it? First one. Incredible First one. makeup by the, our hair, makeup, and wardrobe. Emmy winning. They, they won yeah. Emmys. Yeah. 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 Wardrobe were phenomenal. I know. So it was like there's such a parallel between what was what, uh, was it an easy transition going from writing from well SCTV and then you did Tracy Elman you did a whole right. Tracy Elman the Muppets right and then Matt all TV. kind of sketch related it was all really, sketch related shows you know Tracy the Larry was, Sanders show which is you did one, one season one I did the season, first season yeah. which is my brother and our favorite show ever. really my brother I think on his Twitter account says why is there not one okay. more. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. Okay, Chris no, oh, Chris Katie, um, what's your question for for Dick? Because you have. I well, don't have... put the guy on the spot. No, he no, said he was fine. It's all right. Uh, what was the question? No, what the question was <laughs> well, on your Twitter. Asking. You said. I'm... Oh yeah, yeah. Hold well, on, I gotta read it. We're all trying to get the he best stuff out of here tonight, you know? <laughs> yeah, I got one in the I'm excited to be here myself. This is an honor. Gentlemen in fact, who I do not know. Um, no, I, the question, I said, I just wish they would do one more season of the Larry Sanders. One more season? Yes. Yeah, that would be nice. But so, that was, that's not well, a question. I guess that's just a statement I have. Yeah, that's yeah. But say it as a question. Say it as a question. Wish they do one more season of the Larry Sanders? Will they do one more season of the Larry Sanders show? I can put a question It would be odd, though, wouldn't it, to go back... That actually would be kind of fun to go back now. And That's what they're doing now is they're reinventing everything. Yep. Return, <laughs> re return to the Larry Sanders show. Yep. That's a great title. Although I don't think anyone's speaking to each other anymore. So <laughs> that be, yeah, that was, There's that whole dynamic. Get everyone in a room. Maybe that was a, like great, it was a great show. It was, it was a tough show to do, but the, the product was so good. Those guys were so great. And working with Rip... You know what? With Rip Torn, right. who was a great actor and played uh, Larry's producer... Gary Shanling's producer in the show. Whenever he, I liked Rick because he was honest. And if he didn't like something, he didn't like what the writers were doing, he would say it, which I appreciated. Um, and, but when he did start getting wound up, I, he loved your dad. Right. So every time he'd start, I'd say, I just talked to John Candy last night. But, and that would stop him. He'd go, really? What did he say? And I said, well, John's doing fine. Wants to know how you are. And it would get him completely off yelling at me. For one of the, and he liked fly fishing, too. And I, I think I'd mentioned Chris Guest or somebody's name who liked fly fishing. And he'd immediately get off what he was thinking of in terms of screaming. He'd off you. And, and talk about that. Else. And he was perfectly fine. And then, and then, was then good. we went our separate ways. He was great, though. I liked him. I liked working with him. He was he, really he's, terrific. He was, he was in um, Summer Rental. Yes, that's how he... he, he, he met, that's how he that's worked how with he my dad knew, on Summer Rental. And he really, really loved John. Yeah, Scully. That was his character? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got um, another clip, uh, Halfwits, which was one that you both 
loved and because I remember you had sent a list to me and then Will had sent a list of his favorite and then Dick responded all the ones Will pick were great <laughs> so let's just show those that's right I did so Halfwits um, this is toward the end of Halfwits and it's starring uh, Eugene Levy my dad um, Martin Short Andrea, Andrea Martin and Joe Flaherty right so uh, is there anything no Halfwits is by the way just a little on Halfwits <laughs> Halfwits is a big game show that you just, no one gets any points and no one ever gets anything. They never get a question. And in an article, Norm MacDonald actually said uh, yeah, you, um, that he took it from, oh, from Halfwits for the Celebrity the, Jeopardy, and he yeah. thought there was enough time gone by from watching that as a kid to doing it that they wouldn't get mad at him for, for stealing. <laughs> for stealing. But, he, but I thought it was sweet. He, he, uh, it is he, good because he used, he, used, he used Halfwits, as, which was the same premise. We, there aren't celebrities in this one, but he used the same premise as the celebrities not getting anything right. And did I read that, that, that uh, Norm MacDonald waited until Martin Short had been around on the show as a guest or, or as a host to say, hey, can I do this? And he said, well, I didn't write that, Eugene wrote Yeah, that. Eugene wrote And then uh, Norm MacDonald said, okay, well, well I'll go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at Two that. bells, please. Thank you. Darren Peel. Is it Sparabs? <laughs> Sparibs. No, I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. I'm looking for a dish from Italy. Lawrence Orbach. Swedish meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Lawrence, can I ask you a question? Where the hell do you think Swedish meatballs come from? Arthur Andrew Liggett. Spain. Well, we seem to have exhausted that relatively simple category. So I tell you what I'm going to do. Instead of going into a third week with this particular group of contestants, I'm going to pick a number from one to ten. And the contestant that comes closest to that number, I will personally declare the winner. A number from one to ten will start with Darren Peel. Twelve. A number from one to ten. Blanche Ray. That's what I was going to say, twelve. I'm looking for a number from one to ten, Arthur Andrew Liggett. Oh, this is tough. Any number, Alex? Just pick a number! Twelve. Lawrence Orbach. Now I've lost track, Alex. Could you repeat the numbers that have already been taken? And we're out of time. So I You know, at the top, Gene comes out and thanks the announcer, says, Thank you, Johnny Ola. Johnny Ola is one of our many Godfather references on SCT. He was Hyman Roth's right hand man in Godfather, too. But it just sounded like a perfect announcer for a game show. So every game show, you, Gene comes out and says, "Thank you, Johnny Ola, and welcome to Halfwits." And that, I didn't say it was funny. I said it was a story. It was a fact. It was really good. It's a fact. I'm not laughing. That sketch is is like six or seven minutes long. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our sketches were back then. But but also it's a testament to your father and you and 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 what SCTV did and was able to do that that stuff is. Of course, still hilarious today, but it holds up currently because I'll watch that today. And, and, I mean, you still, you know, here we are, we're laughing at it. And it's like, and, and, as you pointed out with Norm MacDonald, I mean, did everybody see the SNL 40 thing? The Jeopardy thing is, yeah. is, is hilarious. It, yeah. it, 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 you know, brought the show to a, to a halt. And it's, and it's this blueprint, and it's still... Yeah, SCTV was a blueprint for a lot of sketch comedy shows yeah. and, and characters that uh, were created you know, by, by you will, and then you continue to write similar stuff throughout yeah, your career, yeah. and still continue to write. And well, you're, you're teaching right now. Yes, I do. Classes uh, online. Do, yeah, online and in person. In too. person here. 
In person online. In person online. You're, you're there. I'm it's there. You're there. They're yeah. online. They're, They're online. online. You I'm in the classroom. You're in the classroom waiting for people to show up. No, I, I agree with you. I, I don't find SCTV to be dated in a lot of ways. And it's odd because we did a lot of impressions and a lot of impressions of celebrities that aren't around anymore, but... But still, because they were done, it was never mean-spirited. And I think that's why they kind of hold up. When you see John doing Orson Welles, or you yeah. see, it, it's really, it's just funny. I mean, they're just it, great characterizations. It's and always the, sorry, it, yeah, it's absolutely always the weird take. On, if there is a celebrity impersonation, it always is a uh, something that just stays evergreen. Because it's not the sort of celebrity sniping, oh, here's what's going on with, now. You, know, uh, you know, whoever it would have been, Suzanne Plachette. I don't know exactly. See, that would not hold up. If decided to just go after Suzanne Plachette. It was Bob Newhart's, Newhart's wife. wife. Why would we make fun of her? But when you do, you know, Julia Child and Mr. Rogers, uh, there absolutely is a, a foresight there that Mother this Teresa. is classic and timeless. Was great. Yeah, it's it's not going to expire. Well. We're actually out of time. No. Yes, we're out of time. You did awesome. You did amazing. I didn't even have to do it. It's so good. I can't say thank you so much. Doing this show is kind of like doing a family reunion for, for myself and, and my family and for everyone here because we've known each other for so long. And then I have only met Will most recently. Yeah, I've um, met you and your brother a little while back. A little yeah. while back. And it feels like we've known each other a lot longer because of the connections oh, that, you know. Although I am the greasy cousin at this yes, Thanksgiving at this, this dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I know my role. Who invited right? him? Is he, but, is he sitting there the end? <laughs> Telling Dick what to do? Jeez. But I love it. No, because I was able to get, to get him here, which is perfect. So yes, you. I want to say thank you so very much because I've been wanting to get you on the show oh, since the very you. beginning. And I want to say thank you guys so much thank for coming guys. out on a Wednesday. Oh, I got stories. Oh, it's so, so it'll be Andrew and then Dick sitting on the end of the couch there. Oh, you know. no, <laughs> no, I love Andrew. Andrew's great. So thank you guys so very much uh, for he coming. Is. Actually, Andrew's is going to be my last show for a little bit, so you're not going to want to miss that one. Um, and wait for it. That's all, folks. Drive safe and get out. Good night, folks. Thank you so much. <laughs>